Hello. Welcome to All Cats Considered. With us today, Shoshana Wodinski, whose companion to, to two uh, furry friends. What are their what are their names, Shoshana? Their names are Kahal and Kiri. They're both uh, Nobel Prize winners. Oh. Not the cats, the names. Uh, oh. Interesting, interesting. So, Shoshana, what prizes did these namesakes for your cats win? And were they cat-related Nobel Prizes? So, a- actually, surprisingly not. So, you have Marie Curie, who's a chemist, and then you have Ramoni Cajal, who was a, a neuroscientist. And I figured mm. naming my cats after these kind of bastions of science would make them smarter. Uh, I, I, I want to believe it worked. Ah, very clever strategy. Mm. Interesting. Yes, Interesting. yeah. You know, I, I, I did read in the New Yorker that they put cats in an MRI machine to see if they got smarter if you played classical music to them on hours that are prime numbers. And they found that um, it, it had no effect at all. No effect at all whatsoever. Mm, wow. You know, I must say, and this is purely anecdotal evidence, of course, but, you know, myself having four cats, all of them named after uh, prominent leftists. I've got Lucy Parsons and Emma Goldman and Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. And, you know, I, I named them these things in the hopes that they would be leftists themselves. And in fact, they are all anarchists who love chaos and disorder. So I must say, again, obviously anecdotal evidence, but does seem to have worked for me anyway. Well, you know, as the old adage goes, all cats are beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good very point, poignant, Chris. Very, very poignant, very poignant, Chris. Thank you for bringing that up. Thanks for reminding us. It's true. I've never seen an ugly cat in my life. Mm. Ever. Yes. Now, Shoshana, I wonder, what do you feed your feline friends? And do they have, how should I say, an elevated palate? Do they, do they know what's good, do you think? So, so actually, I have started feeding them this kind of pate this very kind of sophisticated sort of paste made of chicken and fish and all of this stuff and you know on on occasion i've smelled it myself and considered taking a bite um i know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it sounds delightful it, yes i love a good pate you I know I, I you know I, I i love a good foie gras that kind of thing Mm. Um, and you know, it, it looks, it looks quite like that. And the cats have, uh, really kind of taken to it. I, I, I want to believe it's making them feel a little bit more sophisticated. Surely cats have great taste. It's, it's true. All fine <laughs> distinction. All cats are beautiful and they all have very good taste. So Shoshana, Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your (laughs) Nobel Prize winning cats. (laughs) Uh, Up next, uh, we have 
a lovely Hungarian artist who has put together an entire album that you can buy now on CD that um, is titled Songs That You Don't Like But Feel Obliged to Listen To. Uh, that album is now available uh, at all Starbucks locations as a CD. You can only get it on a CD. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us on All Cats Considered. And up next, uh, that, that, that terrible album that you have to listen to or you'll be racist. Thank you. Goodbye. So as everyone knows, we're we're we listen to a lot of NPR, and we our favorite show is All Cats Considered. And so when we heard uh, Shoshana on that show, we decided we had to have her on Iron. Wing. I really hope we don't get sued for copyright <laughs> infringement for using All Cats Considered, which is, as we all know, one of NPR's most hit shows. <laughs> yes. Well, it's no, true. it's it's public, so therefore we can you know just steal from it all day, every day. Because right. it has public a, in the name. Yeah, that is yeah, a ours. lot of people don't know this. That's how copyright works. If you put public in your name, yeah, yeah, you don't own it. Yeah, anymore. exactly. You can't. It's yeah. The people. That's why all public enemy records. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pirate them and nothing will happen to you. Oh my god! I... Yo, shout out to P. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like trying to imagine what would a what would a copyright claim from NPR even look like? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> Dear valued you listener, like, we noticed recently you that you particularly <laughs> enjoyed one piece that we created. Sadly, we must inform you. <laughs> we ran you through an MRI machine and we decided that you're being deceptive. <laughs> so we talked, we called your neighbors and they called the cops. That's... You, you can like hear the thick rimmed glass, the thick rimmed glasses through the letter. <laughs> like through the microphone, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the letter, yeah, yeah. And, and the letter. So yeah. let's properly introduce our guest because I think the, our brief introduction in All Cats Considered probably deserves <laughs> to be expanded upon. It's a good show, though. It is a great show. So today with us, we have uh, Shoshana uh, Wodinski, staff writer at uh, Gizmodo, and her, um, uh, 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 her beat is advertising technology. Everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> Every the thing that everyone wants to know about, I know. Which, I mean, which is actually true. Like, so much of this stuff is so know, determinative it's... of so of like a ridiculous amount of your life, and you know nothing about it. No, it's literally how money flows through the pipes. It's literally how the internet is funded, which is why I'm surprised more people don't cover it. But yeah, yeah, it's so. So I'm so I I pretty much cover the way money flows through the internet and the people that get funded and the com well and the companies that get funded as a result and you know it touches it touches on things like it doesn't just just touch on economics but it touches on things like tech privacy and like our feelings of agency in the digital world it's really not just about advertising but it's more about money more than anything else um but it's kind of wrapped up in this kind of advertising like zeitgeist does that make sense yeah. nothing nothing yeah, yeah. makes sense 
Yeah, there's there's a very popular um, saying that you know has been going around for a while that if you have a service on the internet that is free, then you are the product, and you know you're selling your data or your use, your analytic, uh, uh, you know, um, statistical uh, information, other things to these companies, uh, or you're being advertised to. That's a, is that a general truism? In I, your I was about to say that's actually a misnomer because generally, if even if you use anything that's internet connected, even if you pay for it, you're still quote unquote the product because uh, by virtue of being internet connected, there's some there's some kind of transfer of data there, and you by design don't know where that data is going. These systems are designed to be kind of arcane and not understandable by anybody who like doesn't like work in computer science so ultimately like you can try to pick apart where your data is going not only in like the free apps that you use but like the subscription services that you have online but ultimately you're going to hit a lot of brick walls um at least that's been my experience yeah so like even though i pay out the nose uh, for the 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 privilege to watch ninety day fiance on Hulu commercial free to- to- totally right? worth it right yes right well, like one like that's the market working as it should that's economics one oh one just it it makes sense right but um but even there Hulu it, well in like the what was it like three different companies that collectively own Hulu uh, <laughs> they are also selling that information of what I'm watching how long I watch it and stuff like that right. So I wouldn't say selling, you know, selling data, that's also kind of a misnomer because it's easier to understand than what actually happens, which is kind of tiers of just people sharing data with each other and these kind of like weird backroom deals. But if you think about companies like Netflix, so Netflix has a lot of leverage on people. Like it doesn't have an ad supported option yet, but it does have this kind of like vast viewership. So in advertising that's something kind of known as a walled garden you know you have all of these people and all of their collective data and you know that they're not going anywhere and in the world of tech you know that holds more power than anything else even if you know even 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 if these people do end up kind of leaving eventually, you still kind of have this bead on them and you do know, you know, the shows that they watch and their general kind of viewer profile. And should you move into something like, I don't know, data brokering sometime in the future, that's very valuable because there is the one saying that, it, that I found that isn't kind of a misnomer is, uh, you know, they say data is the new oil. And to a large degree, that's true. It's very valuable. So, oh, uh, um, to get back to the, all, it's good. See, dear listener, we actually know all of these things. We're extremely smart, and we're asking these questions, <laughs> right? Because, like, we know these are all misnomers. All right, like we know that, but we want to make sure we're all on the same page. All right. No, so. no, 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 no. This isn't. I, I, I have, I have to say this right up top. The last thing I want people to do is like feel not intelligent because to a large degree the way that we talk about things like tech privacy in particular are dedicated by the silicon valley companies because they're the ones that ultimately ultimately kind of shift regulation as we know it today Mm, and that means 
that the language that we use to talk about these topics is dedicated by companies that don't want us to know about these topics. And that right. means that, mm. you know, we've been I hoodwinked. <laughs> It's 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 a profit scheme. Ah. It, it it is, but but you know what? For okay, so admittedly, yesterday, uh, I know it's two years too late, but I finally watched uh, Chernobyl on HBO, which is my own personal favorite streaming service. And I couldn't help you, you, but think you, you about get a, you, you. You turned it in late. So, yeah, sorry, I'm a professor, <laughs> but so you turned it in late. That's fine. We'll still take your takes, but I'm going to take ten percent off the top for being late. Wait, okay, you're continue. A professor? Yeah, and it, yes. Oh God! <laughs> now, now this, feels, this, suddenly, but, this suddenly feels like homework. No, but I was just I was just thinking, kind of like the way that people were talking about the, this massive goddamn explosion that was happening in front of their eyes was dictated by these kind of shadowy figures, and I do think that tech is kind of the same way because we're seeing companies like doing things like sharing data like right in front of our eyes and we're just like how can we understand this the only companies that we can turn to are the companies that are profiting from it themselves and they say we're not selling data so we say oh of course they're not selling data that's fine when in reality that's never how data worked at all Mm -hmm. so it's kind of that sort of thing where it's nobody's fault that we've all been hoodwinked, but we kind of need to walk back some of what some of those kind of adages that we've been relying on for years. We're in a we're in a degenerate technocracy, a degenerate <laughs> Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's no, it's I, I think, you know, what? I think I think that was one of the stories that you sent me. It's like Silicon Valley is trying to make us dumber and like we're all falling for it. And I'm like, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so do you have any alternative adages to uh, potentially rattle around our brains that are more accurate to the situation we find ourselves in? Uh, you're, you are a consumer from the day you're born until the day you die, potentially after. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> literally, literally every tech adage is just capitalism is evil. And somebody is going to make, somebody is mm. trying to make a profit off of, like, everything that you do. Well, the, the, the fact that you say, it, like, it, it is really, it really is before you're born, right? Because, like, yeah. what was it, um, it, way at the beginning of this, uh, there was um, uh, reporting that showed that, like, Target would, um, like, give, would, like, try to identify pregnant women. Um, yeah. And they were so good at it that they gave, that they sent a congratulations on your like new child thing to like a teenager like outing her to her parents as having uh, gotten pregnant like right. like the target knew before her own fucking parents and the and, and it's because it's when uh, a family is having a new kid that they make they make like buying and decisions and like brand loyalties that last for like the like until the child basically goes to college and or leaves the house or something yeah so it's, not like, to mention like like menstruation and ovulation tracking apps that are constantly asking you to, you know, tell me when you're fertile. Are you fertile? We're just interested and curious about whether or not you're fertile. You can tell us. It's fine. Um, I mean. Oh, shit. I mean, is, is, I mean, is, is, is this, is this your way of, is this your way of telling me that you're fertile? Should I let I'm, the overlords know? I I am uh, never fertile because I okay. just had that part of my uh, personality removed. Actually, 
was, was a pretty complicated procedure. Thank you. Thank you. The ad- <laughs> The advertisers know know that too. Yeah, that's why I got Google Glass. You know, it was when that f- thing first came out. I was gonna go uh, uh, cruise the uh, the club, <laughs> looking for fertile for, women, uh, rich cougars. <laughs> yeah, rich cougars. Looking look look to, looking to, for to. hotties. No, but okay, okay. So like that Target story. I think that came out in like what, like twenty eighteen. That that story is kind of like the archetype for how we talk about right. a lot of these topics because it turns out, you know. It's not just Target. There's, like, infinite... I, I don't want to say infinite because it's not that high of a number, but let's just say that there's hundreds of companies that are dedicated to, among other things, tracking who's having babies and when, and then pawning off that data to smaller companies so that they can market things like baby formula and diapers to, like, the right consumer. And then over time, you know, the people that market bottles and baby formula become people that market preschools, become people that market colleges, become people that market yada, yada, yada. And that's ultimately a link that, like, you will never be able to escape because there's just too many companies to, quote unquote, opt out of. And, you know, as long as you are a consumer, that's kind of what where you're stuck and ultimately you know the child that gets marketed and like a new college to go to is ultimately the child that's going to be marketed like retirement options for their parents well not retirement options like nursing home options nursing homes yeah i'm gonna ask that's the word i was thinking Mm. right i'm gonna ask an incredibly naive question not because i am naive obviously because i am very sophisticated (laughs) intellectual person um, <laughs> but like, it just it, so what is so bad about this? Okay, so for example, you know, Twitter says like, can you fill out this short survey so that we can show you ads that are more relevant to you, and this will be a good thing. And a lot of like tech companies and platforms like advertise this to you as like beneficial to you, the user. That if they know mm-hmm. what you like, they can show you more relevant ads. Um, and I guess that like. It it seems to me worth parsing out, like, why that's not good. Like, why do I not want to be advertised things that are relevant to my interests and my likes and my life circumstances? Sure. I mean, ultimately, that's a really kind of fine line to walk. Because if you've ever, like, Twitter in particular is really terrible about this. When you see ads that are completely irrelevant, you friggin' know. Because you're just like, why the hell am I seeing, like, an ad for... I don't know, like tactical gear in the story that I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular, not too long ago, I wrote this thing about this weird ad for a pair of onesie pajamas that seem to be stalking people across the web. And if you've seen that ad, you know, because that th- that picture haunts you <laughs> for weeks. Um, so the, 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 the picture that she's describing is like, it's got... It's like two people, a man and a woman, with like the with like a butt flap no. that's open. Oh, oh, no, oh, right? no, oh no, 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 oh no, no! It's just a woman, and she's kind of like seductively posing, and she has a pair of butt flap pajamas on, and she's kind of like casually opening them up, like it's kind of like a portal to some other dimension. It's and like it's she's just, about to take a shit. <laughs> it does look like she's about to take a shit. 
but yeah yeah so no like I, the- I remember reading that article from you and it's really fascinating to see like the universe that exists in the milliseconds <laughs> between when you like click the button and then like everything and then the page loads like I've, um mm, yeah mm. So it comforts me a bit for uh, you to let us know that you are also being advertised tactical gear because I thought that I was on some type of government <laughs> watch list. But ever since like probably the spring of 2020, I've had like plate carriers and like bulletproof equipment of all types being advertised to me with no searching of any of this, never trying to like fa- on my account find you know, ways to uh, survive being shot well, by a Well, Chris, bullet. you absolutely are on a government watch list, so I don't want you to, like, yeah. take too much comfort in... <laughs> You're an anarchist it's okay, on the buddy. internet. You are on a government watch list. It's okay, buddy. The government cares about you. <laughs> You're on a list. Don't worry. At least someone does. No, I mean, a lot of this stuff kind of happens automatically. So you're not on a watch list. There's just, you you are on some list as some person that might want to buy tactical gear based on, like, I don't know, the articles you read or the forums you visit. And that's not, that, that mm. by design is kind of a neutral thing until it's not, which is why targeted yeah, advertising about- is so terrible. How about, like, uh, based on the protests I go to? Because I've been noticing that a lot of protesters are, are wearing plate carriers <laughs> these days. And that's like a uh, a development that I saw in 2020. So if you have a lot of friends that might, like friends on Facebook, for example, this is pretty common. If you have a lot of friends on Facebook that buy plate carriers, Facebook's internal algos might be like, oh, this guy has a lot of friends that like attend protests and buy this particular brand of tactical gear. This guy, because his friends are all buying it, probably wants to buy it too. So if you're seeing a lot of those ads on Facebook mm. in particular that or Instagram, that might be why. But also Facebook's ad properties extend. They, it has these weird tentacles that extend throughout the entire Internet. So that might also influence the ads you're seeing elsewhere. This is all what I'm saying is all incredibly vague because this ecosystem by default is kind of opaque and difficult to understand. But the best thing that I could possibly do here is tell you what signals you might be giving up. That's ultimately the only thing I can do. So the fact that, like, when I go on Pirate Bay and I see a bunch of ads for sex games, that means secretly all my friends are playing sex games and lying about it and saying that I'm the only one playing sex games. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's funny because I'm playing the sex games, honey. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's because you're playing you. sex games. Do those games even work? I always assume they're like very sophisticated, like spam kind of schemes. I would not I know. T- <laughs> oh, they work. Oh, yeah. They they're like work. disgusting, like trying not to come. Uh, and it's just like <laughs> yeah, too big, shit. like too big, like out of proportion butt cheeks. And yeah, it's not right. It's not okay. <laughs> Listen, li- I, I, a lot of them were based in Flash, though. So are Ooh, they, oh, yeah. my God. Well, yeah, because a lot of these games kind of remind me of the shit that I saw in, like, Newgrounds when I was a kid. And th- that, oh my god, mm-hmm, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Newgrounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legend. Seriously. But yeah, so like, so like, you know, in, in all of kind of the data that's used to target you, what your friends are doing is just one piece of the puzzle. And because this is so opaque, you know, ultimately... Some of this shit isn't even targeted at all, or it's targeted based on the site you're visiting and not you yourself. So, like, if you go to a porn site, for example, and I know this because I've been researching it, 
a lot of like traditional advertisers won't put their stuff there because of course they don't want to be associated with like nubile amateurs five or whatever i don't know what porn movies are called (laughs) (laughs) hot divorced housewives three i don't know anyway (laughs) anyway traditional advertisers don't want to be associated with that so you have these kind of like porn specific ad networks or like ad networks that only work with like sites dedicated to weed because these all websites that operate online needs generally need some sort of ad revenue to survive and if they can't get that revenue through traditional means they are gonna create their own kind of back alley way to get that so if you're seeing ads on i don't i didn't even know the pirate bay has a website but if you're seeing ads on like the piratebay.com for porn that's probably because you know these guys can't get traditional products advertised on their site and they're just like, fuck it, we're, we're, I can say that, right? Yes, yeah, you can definitely say fuck it. Oh, thank God. Fuck yeah. (laughs) So these guys are probably just going to say fuck it and, and like just throw a bunch of porn on this site because ultimately ad revenue is ad revenue, even if it isn't particularly targeted. So I don't think Mm -hmm. it's because your friends might be clicking on those things they might be but i really think it's just because that site had to resort to something kind of bottom of the barrel in order to survive okay so it's, this it's, is a it's bit just of, Brittany. The, yeah. yeah it's just me this is a bit of a non sequitur but i just it, this really grinds my gears uh you know that that show ebony it was it's a bra- it's a browser like world building game that ebony? i that i played a lot of in college, Ebony, E-V-O-N-Y, I think. But they advertised Ebony? with these big titty queen ladies. And <laughs> I clicked on it for the big titties. I stayed for the game because it was a pretty good game. It was fun. Um, okay. That's Ebony? all. I just I just wanted to complain about that one thing. Um, predatory I'm, advertising, I'm, in my opinion. Very misleading. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised Like <laughs> companies like that haven't been taken down by the FTC for like deceptive advertising. That's technically what it well, is. Well, this was in like two. You know? th- this was in like 2008. So I don't the, know. You know, it was kind of the, the wild west was of ar- like big titty princesses. But the FTC was around in 2008. <laughs> there should have been people complaining about their big titty princesses. Not yeah, I delivering. thought about it. I did. I thought about it. My hope was <laughs> that maybe Ebony would be required to insert more big titty princesses into the game but i don't think um i didn't have time to pursue that really yeah actually when barack obama first took office he was like now listen now listen i i understand that a lot of people have been uh deceived by the big titty uh video game uh, advertisements <laughs> but we're moving forward <laughs> can't, can't can't look it's time to heal. can't it's, it's 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 time it's doesn't he understand that the big titty princesses will help us heal like it's That's... true. It's true. Real missed opportunity. <laughs> it's what every American needs right now to get through these these hard times. I can't be alone right now. <laughs> so we've had a lot of fun going over the uh, um, a lot of the basics. Um, we didn't learn anything. We already knew that, but I'm glad <laughs> everyone else yeah. now 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 learned that. But um, I, but we, I I did want to spend some time uh, going over uh, um, this WhatsApp article that uh, that you wrote in Gizmodo. That yeah, this is um, really interesting. Yeah, that kind of gives m- more context to what was sort of like a big story at the time that basically like uh, WhatsApp is going to sell everything that uh, you wrote 
uh, in your your group chat uh, that was secretly about like how you actually like Discovery, even though you make stories on Instagram about how you hate Discovery and it's not real Star Trek. Yeah, that's you know, not like, about you at all. That's definitely something yeah. from another person, David. <laughs> I catch him watching Discovery sometimes. and Yeah, no, it's a good show. I, just, think, thir- just, I think the third season they're doing a better job. Discovery but, um, rips. Oh, I was thinking of anyway, Enterprise. That's... I was thinking of Enterprise, which oh. I also catch and oh, watch yeah. sometimes too. Yeah, yeah so no, I, Discovery, I, 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 Discovery I, I, rules. Yeah, no, I, 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 the thing about Enterprise, right, is that like they ha- they go through a lot of canon that eventually becomes important that you need to get read back. the Wikipedia like, article. I'm not fucking watching that why? guy try to Look, act. It's terrible. I'm not going to read about television. <laughs> okay, wait. What? Why are you talking about this on WhatsApp in particular? <laughs> Because know. it's end-to-end encryption, no one will ever know. Uh, yeah, I, I thought no it was going to be <laughs> I thought no one would know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm imagining so, Mark Zuckerberg reading David's DMs about Discovery and just being like, "This is disgusting," and looking at his Instagram story and being like, "This guy is—he's—he's he's bamboozling all of his followers." Yeah, exactly. Fucking a little, pervert. a little, a little known thing about uh, Facebook is that Mark Zuckerberg reads everyone's DMs before he goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just he just like, yeah, he's just like in his pod recharging and just like like reading like data, or it's just like beep 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 beep, beep, beep just like like like. Uh, so, okay, so, yeah, yeah, so what, exactly. what, what 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 the hell is going on with with, with WhatsApp? <laughs> All right, just just hard right turn. What what the hell is going on with WhatsApp? Wait, wh- what's, what's that? that? <laughs> what's, what's that? that? Honestly. Honestly, honestly, I, honestly, I wish I could tell you. Uh, no, so I've been, I've been like researching WhatsApp for like two ish years, pro- pro- like probably a little bit more than that, because I have a lot of family that lives uh, in Israel, and in that country in particular, WhatsApp is kind of the de facto form of communication. Nobody talks. Everybody uses WhatsApp. In the U.S. in particular, I don't think it's as big of a deal, but in countries like India, Israel. Brazil, uh, tons of other places. It's China. China, I'm not quite sure because I think Weibo is kind of a bigger deal there. But I do know that. Oh, okay. Uh, I think in Hong Kong there are people that use it. Um, I, I do not read Mandarin, but I report a lot on China tech as part of my job. Uh, that's a that's a that's a whole another can, can okay. of worms. But the point is. A lot of countries outside the U.S., WhatsApp is like what people use for texting, and Facebook uh, knows this. And I think they knew that they knew that was going to happen when they first acquired the company. So ever since uh, Edward Snowden released all the the documents uh, talking about how the NSA is dragnet, uh, you know, uh, wiretapping the entirety of the U.S. as well as the entire world that it can uh, for a searchable database of all of our, our electronic communications. Uh, I've been using Signal uh, basically on his recommendation. And uh, in the back of my mind, I've always sort of uh, wondered whether it's a honeypot uh, because like, you know, especially in the beginning of it, when very few people were using uh, encrypted end-to-end communication for texting. And then when WhatsApp became purchased by Facebook, it made me think like, who the fuck trusts Facebook? Like, who, why, why would somebody use WhatsApp instead of Signal, knowing that, that it's owned by the internet monopoly that you want your data to be secured from? So in countries where WhatsApp is the de facto kind of texting apparatus, uh, at least, at least like, for example, back when I lived in the Middle East, um, 
the fact that it was encrypted was kind of an afterthought. You know, people just use WhatsApp because it was convenient and everybody was already on it. Uh, if people are concerned about security in particular, I think they're more likely to use things like Signal. Like, I know, uh, like, pretty much every security-minded person I know, even though the WhatsApp situation ended up being a little bit overblown, which we can get into, a lot of people generally assume that Signal is, Signal is like the gold standard. Telegram on the other hand, is probably a honeypot uh, for various reasons. I don't trust that shit. Mm. Is that like a, a, a third-party competitor? Yeah. So when you talk about encrypted apps, when you talk about encrypted tra- texting apps, generally you're talking about three companies. You're talking about WhatsApp, Signal, and Telegram. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, so that's out. Telegram recently announced that it's adopting advertising on some of its larger channels Uh-oh. because it can't afford to be financed out of pocket which is what's been happening until now what by what who's who's got that who's got that pocket (laughs) whose pocket is that oh god uh the guy that created it i think his his name is pavel something it's something vaguely russian (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) if 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 you ever if If he ever hears us, he's going to hate me. No, Telegram was like a pretty viable alternative to Signal for a really long time. In fact, it became where a lot of alt-right text started happening. And a lot of, like, ISIS, for example, moved a lot of their operations onto Telegram for, like, recruitment purposes. Because it was really kind of locked down. So the, so you have things like neo-Nazis, uh actual terrorists uh drug dealers all of this happening on telegram and then telegram's just like hey we're adopting uh advertising not in these chats but just like in our systems in general and folks that know enough about advertising can see that as a reason to jump ship because even if you know even if you're not seeing ads in like these kind of like secret covert channels, generally that means that there's some degree of data collection going on that you don't want to be a part of. Why am I um, getting all these ads so- for tiny scales? <laughs> and butane torches. Yeah. This is confusing. <laughs> it's because all my friends why, are buying why, why, them. Where's why am I getting all these ads for like tiny plastic bags that clearly cannot hold anything more than a gram? <laughs> <laughs> weird i really want i still want to know what's up with whatsapp whatsapp it's, <laughs> it's like what okay sorry that that, that was yeah well, so that, that, that was so it's been it was, was bought it was bought by facebook when, when was that like 2016 yes yeah if this was back yeah and then in 2018 the company so Ever since WhatsApp was first bought, they floated the idea of basically pulling a telegram. They were like, hey, we're going to adopt advertising because obviously we bought this company. I forget the exact dollar amount, but it was something insane. It was some insane amount of money. And clearly Facebook wanted a return on their investment. And they were just like, OK, the easiest way, the easiest, quickest way to get that return is to integrate that with the rest of the Facebook products that are ad supported. So things like Facebook and Instagram. Uh, people rightfully lost their shit at the idea of seeing ads in like their because WhatsApp is like where I use like family group chats. I do not want to see ads for like Tampax products next to like 
what I'm telling my mom. Ah, oh, mom. Don't <laughs> recommend mom. tampons to me in the group chat. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Why, why am I getting all these ads for drug products and like these conversations I'm having with my family? I do not want that. Yeah. Anyway, pe- people rightfully lost their shit. So Facebook started looking for other routes to fund this big texting property that they had. And they were like, okay, what else can we do with this? What they realized was that a lot of people, a lot of businesses in particular, were using WhatsApp as a particular kind of like route of communication. And what Facebook realized was like, okay, we can use WhatsApp as a customer service channel. So when people like buy a pizza from like Pizza Hut in like Abu Dhabi, they can be like, okay, instead of texting my pizza guy i can contact him over whatsapp and we can give the pizza hut kind of location a really easy way to automate that transaction does that make sense what i'm saying so far yeah 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 yeah. well uh, hold on i got a couple quick questions about that so are you saying that like the payment forms and stuff are also being connected through the texting like what advantage does this have over regular texting so you're right right i just wanted to make sure all that made sense because a lot of the stuff is really conceptual because we don't really use it here in the west um so facebook actually is testing out what's known as whatsapp pay in india and brazil in particular because those two countries are kind of like the biggest whatsapp hubs and that's kind of where they test out new products before they get introduced to the larger public um so in facebook size what facebook kind of wants based on what we're seeing out there, is kind of this hub where you can go onto WhatsApp, you have, like, your favorite clothing store, if you're based in, like, Delhi or whatever, and you can, like, not only shop through a catalog on WhatsApp, but you can, like, message back and forth with the business and, like, buy something using WhatsApp Pay, and then until it's delivered, you can, like, check back and forth with the merchant to make sure it's actually arriving on time. That's what Facebook wants. And the Facebook kind of privacy policy update that sparked everything. Okay, really quickly. What happened was that in India, Facebook uh, made this announcement to a ton of its users in the region that what it looked like was that Facebook, it was that WhatsApp was saying was, hey, if you want to keep using WhatsApp, you're going to have to share some data with our parent company, Facebook. People in India lost their shit because they assumed that it was going to be, you know, all of their texts are going to be run by Facebook, yada, 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 yada. Obviously, because the update was worded very strangely and it was delivered in this kind of very abrupt way. What they really meant was that the Messages that are being sent by businesses, so like the merchants that they were already interacting with, could be used for like advertising purposes and potentially by Facebook. That's all that it meant. Their family texts were fine. The texts that they had with their they the texts that they had about like Star Trek Enterprise weren't going anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. This was like <laughs> of course. This 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 was like if they were like ordering Pizza Hut using WhatsApp, those texts could be used. Um, because it turns out 
the actual systems that businesses use to kind of interface with WhatsApp are completely different than the ones that like we use to like talk to our family. And Facebook, in in part, the reason that why this announcement was so jarring was because Facebook has been keeping this a secret largely for like the past two and a half years. And the only reason I know about it is because I have crippling OCD and I was determined my cat is <laughs> the only reason I know about it is because I have crippling OCD and I was determined to follow these updates ever since they started in mid 2018 because I'm crazy like that. That well, was thank a you lot for doing yeah. all that effort. That was a lot of that was a lot of information. I hope that wasn't like a total like No, yeah. that was perfect. That laid that laid it all out. Dump. A lot of a lot of the stuff is like super, super dense. Um because okay, so what I'm when I'm explain what I just explained is like a series of like small incremental changes that happened over the past two years. And what Facebook did was basically dump all of those incremental changes into one privacy policy and obviously when you see that much data you're going to freak the fuck out and actually actually explaining the implications like i just did right now is confusing and complicated and i can see why facebook took the route that they did in order to like roll it out as a, like that abruptly because they probably just assumed like oh yeah we've always been doing this People I mean, it seems, already know about it. It seems to me like it's not super complicated to explain to your users that their communications with a business will be shared and their communications mm-hmm. with friends and family will not be like that seems so straightforward to me. I mean, maybe that is right. like, again, a little naive, but it just doesn't seem. No, this no. was such a PR nightmare for like my parents <laughs> who are in their 50s have been using WhatsApp for probably since its inception, mostly for their business. And they quit and they went to Signal. And my mom really fucking hates Mark Zuckerberg. So I think that's part of it. Like she really fucking hates Mark Zuckerberg. Um, And I think even if she knew the difference between like all of my data and my data with business partners, which she doesn't even, you know, we don't really even do that here in the States. I think she still would have left just because, well, again, she really fucking hates Mark Zuckerberg. For me, it's great because I only used WhatsApp to talk to my parents. And now I don't have to do that anymore. So that (laughs) fucking rules. Um, (laughs) Just delete the app entirely. I did. And I did. And it felt it felt fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. But what I just don't understand is how they bungled this so badly. Like it doesn't it it kind Uh, of defies uh, explanation uh, to me. Like I know the technicalities and the legality of it are a little bit tricky. And maybe when you're reading something in a like a, you know, terms of service agreement, like these things always sound complicated. But a simple like press statement, the the fact that WhatsApp had such an aggressive like you're going to give us this data or get the fuck off our platform. And yeah. no, like, you know, like, no, th- this could have been like a friendly like, hey, in order to keep this service free for you, we're going to collect some data that you have with, you know, Domino's or whatever. I don't know. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me, especially because Facebook has like cultivated a terrible reputation in the last few years. Like all of that is their fucking fault that they have such a terrible reputation now. I don't know. 
Just seems crazy. No, 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 no. So, imme- no, same. So, like, immediately after, you know, Facebook rolled out this massive, scary-sounding update to countless users, they immediately tried to walk it back. And they're like, no, this is only about businesses with data, yada, yada, yada. It's it's fine. But by that point, the damage was already done. Elon Musk had already tweeted, get Get on on signal. signal. And use Edward Snowden came out again and and once again advocated for it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And people were already, you know, that's nobody trusts Facebook by like intrinsically, like you said. They're just like, oh, why should we trust this this new round of lies based on like what they just told us? So really, this is a PR nightmare of Facebook's own making entirely. And I honestly, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know why they did it. Because, you know, this, all of these changes that just happened, like in the privacy policy, are cosmetic. They don't change a single thing about the way WhatsApp works. It's always been this way. So I'm just like, why? What, what is the purpose? And I reached out to Facebook. I reached out to WhatsApp. I reached out to current and former employees. Nobody could tell me. What about so Q? I think Did you ask Q? Is... <laughs> Shut up. Oh, oh, is Q even around anymore? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Q has not been posting much. Yeah. But... I... Yeah. That's, that's because <gasps> the he left WhatsApp. people still believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Maybe no. it's because of WhatsApp. Oh, look no. at the, pe- look the, pe- the dates. The, pe- the dates. The people still believe. Do your own research. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should ask like my parents that are still on. What I don't. I don't friggin' know. Um, it was, but yeah, it's there. You know, Facebook has never been particularly great when it comes to PR, and I really think this announcement was the official kind of. Uh, it, it 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 marked like the first time that people finally realized, oh shit, WhatsApp is a Facebook product. We need to get the hell out of here now. Because that PR announcement like really kind of solidified the fact, like, hey, things could change like in an instant and you have no control over what we do. They should have sent normal human being Mark Zuckerberg. Uh he could grill in his backyard, maybe. <laughs> Maybe Get jumping on a trampoline race. casually and just explain to people. Make make some meats. Yeah, make some meats. Um, you know, maybe eat like a soft serve ice cream cone in a very normal way that would definitely look very, very human. human way, very yeah. human. What everyone, let's consume what, 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 calories what, together <laughs> and, and talk about it on what, Facebook Live. Would his face be like slathered with sunscreen again? We can only hope. Yeah. We can only hope. Yeah, well. <laughs> That picture still haunts me, like to this day. Just I think like Tom McKay still out. has that as his profile picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we, oh, we, um, uh, we went to college yeah, with we, Tom, we, by the way. Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. You did? Where, wait, where did, where did y'all go? New College of Florida. <gasps> oh shit! Y'all went to Florida. Of course, of course, Tom is from Florida. Yep. He yeah has that. He is, he is a Florida guy through oh, and through. God. He really is. He's got that. Florida no, no, guy no, no. He's no. <laughs> No, he no, he's a dirt bag, and we all appreciate him <laughs> for it. The only thing we uh, the the thing is, Brittany, you should tell the story about about what how Tom McKay goes to goes to class. He used to go into the cafeteria and find whatever the loudest food they were serving that day was, and then come to seminar and eat it. Yes, it was like those like su- there's like wait, sun potato that? chips in like the the bag nachos, that sounds like a jet yeah, engine. Yeah, nachos in the plastic yeah. clamshell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Did he choose it deliberately based on loudness? I don't know, but it sure fuck it sure fucking seemed that way. <laughs> I don't know. That's just what he used to make fun of him for whenever we'd be in class. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so okay, I, okay, I'm I'm going I'm gonna give him shit about that. Yeah, give him shit about that. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for giving yeah, me that. <laughs> that ammunition. Yeah. Tell him we say I mean, tell him we say but, go uh, fuck yourself. <laughs> Don't, don't say that. No, no, that's me. No, we love Tom. He's great. Yeah, no, we do. Can oh, 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 yeah, yeah. We when when I when when I when I say he's a dirtbag, I mean that with all of the love in the world. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah, no, yeah. He's, a sweet guy. Um, he's he is he is consistently the funniest guy on our site. But I do have to say, when we covered that picture, we were so worried about uh, getting copyright claimed. We actually drew our own version. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. So th- I, I wanted to ask, can I, can I switch us topics? <laughs> I, d- I don't want to, like, force us away from the WhatsApp conversation, but I am really curious about yeah. this uh, Google and the difference between the cookies and the flock. I kind of want to understand. Okay, so this was another piece that you wrote for Gizmodo. And it's basically about Google wanting to um, end the way that it uses cookies to track your data or at least like share your data into this uh, federated learning of cohorts, (gasps) which is supposed to be, I guess, like less (laughs) invasive or something. But I read the article and I don't really understand, at least for the user, what the difference is between these two things. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about this whole story. There really isn't. Okay, first of all, if Google if Google got rid of cookies, like unless you use things like Ghostery or unless you're really kind of obsessive about tracking these sorts of things, um, you wouldn't notice a single goddamn difference. The internet wouldn't look any difference to you. However, what would be different is that Google would have a lot more power than it already does. You know, Google if they got can- rid of cookies, they would. Yes. Uh, if they got rid of cookies in this particular way. So, backstory, Chrome, Google Chrome is, I need to double check the numbers, but I believe it's the most popular browser on the web today, at least in the US. It's the most popular browser. Um, I can't speak about mobile. Safari might be more popular there. Safari doesn't use cookies, but right now Google Chrome does. That's out of the way. Uh, The way cookies work is that third parties that are Google will drop cookies on particular publishers, will track you across the web, and then will use that data to help advertisers advertise products to you. That's how cookies generally tend to work. What Google really wants is like, hey, you know, People are really scared of cookies. Cookies are really creepy. Nobody wants to be tracked. I think we can all agree about that. So instead, Google's like, okay, listen, we own this super popular browser. What we can do is instead of using cookies, we can basically keep all of those, take all of the signals that are currently in cookies and kind of migrate them back to the browser level. So instead of keeping, instead of like sharing this data amongst a ton of like shady third parties that we don't really know, all of that data is going to be held within Google's own browser. And then Google can kind of dole out uh, that data as they see fit. That's a very 
broad way of describing it. So you can kind of see the problem, right? So it sounds like cookies, but just, you know, built into individual browser experiences, you know, like <laughs> browser it, it experiences, <laughs> right? Like in, in the sense of it, it, it you're still having the, it being tracked throughout the Internet, but it's being done on your browser by your browser. Exactly. And it's and it's and Google's the only one doing it now instead of like tons of like shady third parties. So in some ways, it's very good because, you know, shady third parties are shady third parties. And sometimes they're like the NSO group and like they do weird or like Palantir and they do really creepy stuff. But sometimes <laughs> they're Google. <laughs> So it's really the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Well, right. Google, that's how I see now, it. Google promised you... not to be evil. So from what I understand, that is binding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is binding. Oh, didn't they take that out of yeah, the very day? They took that out. <laughs> yes, yeah, they yeah. did, which is even funnier than using uh, it. Oh, okay. It, yeah. Okay, um, okay, okay. So okay. do you know... What's the etymology of the word cookie as it relates to this? You know, like it seems like it's maligning the noble, uh, you know, uh, pastry treat. Like, why, why isn't it more called like spy gremlin (laughs) or like, you know, oh uh, god, fucking rat? There was this great. (laughs) There was this great. Okay, okay. First of all, so like there's like ad tech meme accounts on Instagram, and the other day I saw one of them share something that was just like. Here's what a cookie looks like when you zoom in. And it was just a picture of like a frog beanie baby in like this like weird, like abstract background. And I'm like, yeah, that's that is what a cookie looks like. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just like when you hear the word cookie, you think of like a freaking like Oreo. And Oreos are delicious. So it's just like, what why? What why don't we call it a gremlin? I don't think the third party is. Yeah, or like, like a nanny cam. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so what Google's planning with this whole kind of flock apparatus is that it has all of these, they're not pastry treat themed. They're themed after like different like birds. So you have products like Fledge or Turtle Dove or Flock or like, I think one of them is called Sparrow. Why are we doing birds? Jesus what the Christ. hell is this? <laughs> I don't Put a bird on it. Like, is it, is it like a reference to the odds? They want to trade like, on all... all- <laughs> They're trading on all the goodwill of Twitter and how much everyone says good things about Twitter all the time. Me? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the Twitter new API tra- is called Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, tw- Twitter, the site that everyone loves universally. Yeah, great reputation, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, like, like, like. So I, I honestly can't tell you what they're doing there. But the way flock would the play, the way the flock would work was that. Um, what Google would do is like, okay, instead of sharing all of this kind of granular data about the sites you're visiting and when you're visiting them and yada, yada, yada. So what, so what we're going to do is we're going to put people in these, in these so-called flocks based on their, based on the behavior that they're, that they're kind of showing. So, you know, so instead of showing like, for example, I browse a lot of sites that have to do with cats or I browse a lot of sites. Like I just bought, um, I think I mentioned this in the article. I'm now an Instapot mom, Ooh. and I love... Yes, welcome to the dark side, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's real good. <laughs> that, that shit is so good. I've made so many soups. So, for example, so right now, I'm doing a lot of browsing on, like, sites for different, like, easy recipes for, like, chicken and potatoes or whatever the hell. What Google could do there is be like, okay, we're going to put you in a flock specifically for people that friggin' love Instapots. 
And that flock is going to be, you know, how many Instapot people are there? Probably like tens of thousands. So that flock is going to be huge. Advertisers or creepy third parties won't be able to track you intrinsically. Uh, but they're only going to be able to kind of target this broad group and see how it responds to the ads that they put on a page. So it's not going to be as convenient for advertisers, and they kind of have to rely on Google's own creepy targeting abilities in order to do it. Um, but supposedly it's going to work just as well. So we can imagine a future where like Kamala Harris is like using an Instapot and like drinking a glass of wine, targeting directly the Instapot and wine mom like demographics and Which is know, just like, K Hive. And, so that's not very cookies. That's very efficient. <laughs> is it is that it? work has already been done, yeah. <laughs> What 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 is, what is the Instapot? What is the kind of like in the Venn diagram of Instapot mom and wine mom? What is kind of the middle ground? Kamala Harris. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that uh, Kamala Harris would okay. want to, you know, potentially reach out to that demographic. You oh, know, she could, yeah. You know, and, and be able to target it directly. Like, you know, it, it's going to be weird by people's consumer habits. I guess you're you're saying it's going to be the the primary designator in terms of um, right. the so- feather by which the birds are of similar <laughs> and flocking together. Yeah, and so on. <laughs> I fucked that one up. <laughs> oh god, these these names are so terrible. Right. So I mean. Google has been, I mean, naturally a bit kind of secretive about how they're actually creating these flocks because, you know, trade secrets and all that. Um, so really, we at this point, at this point, all I can tell you is it's like it's based on like the sites that you visit. So if you visit a lot of like sites for if you visit like bluelight.org and a lot of like drug themed subreddits, you might be put into a flock based on that. Um, right, 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 exactly. So like, so like, so like it's things like that in its proposal, Google said, Hey, we can't promise that we, that some of these flocks won't because they're created algorithmically. There's a chance that they might disclose something potentially very sensitive, like a flock for like flocks based on people's sexualities and something like that. Google says that it's, that it's putting as many safeguards in place as it can. But it's also it, they also like took the easy way out by saying, you know, different groups are sensitive to different people and we're never going to make anyone happy. So why even promise something like that, 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 that we're not going to do this? Um, mm-hmm. So not only is all of this data going to be, you know, housed within Google's kind of bubble, but it's also potentially going to disclose some pretty uncomfortable kind of categories that right now are pretty heavily regulated and big titty princess really flock coming at you <laughs> big yeah exactly it's yeah exactly it's 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 just like if i'm really into big titty anime girls i don't want google knowing that even though they probably already do yeah i mean i i think about the idea of um allowing for the rabbit hole to follow you around the internet as you're using it. So like, say you are the type of person who's susceptible or willing to engage in a lot of looking up uh, the Q forums, for example, and like, look at, you know, you're, you're a baker and you're putting together the breadcrumbs that like, hypothetically, like the Q, you know, rabbit hole could just follow you everywhere you go. And you're constantly having like, you know, very targeted, um, you know, uh, information dumps put, put out by, 
people, you know, who are either, you know, going for the third Trump uh, presidential run or like, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise trying to uh, get people to, uh, you know, continue their path of radicalization if that is in fact profitable for anyone or beneficial in any way, political or otherwise. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, per- the first thing you need to know is that it's actually it's extremely profitable, but also that's already happening. The only difference is that you've got tons of like nameless third parties doing it right now. And Google's like, no, we want to be the only people doing it, except the way they're framing mm. it is that it's good for user privacy, when in fact, it's actually Google saying we want all of the we want all of kind of the chips in our. What, what's a what's a what's a what's a good metaphor here? Put all the cookies in our basket. <laughs> we 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 want to be the only PTA moms that are baking for like the community, <laughs> I, I the, global community. <laughs> the global community, the global we, community. We Google Google is Google is basically saying that they want to be the only PTA moms on the block. Um, and they're saying like, hey, you don't know what those other moms are putting in their cookies. Like they could be putting like friggin razor blades in there. Like we all kind of said they were doing in the 80s. I've never and seen you, a peanut. You're just putting... Not a single peanut has ever come into this kitchen. We're only putting a little bit of opium in our cookies. The other guys are putting a bunch of meth in their cookies. Right. And everybody knows yeah, opium yeah, is yeah, much yeah, more yeah, fun exactly. than meth. <laughs> Yeah. Right, exactly. Don't 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 you want weed cookies? You know, <laughs> we've talked about this before on the show. Um, but one of the things that scares me about internet technology under capitalism is that, you know, in order for capitalism to continue to flourish, it must always be expanding outward. And one of the things that digital technology allows capitalism to do is to constantly expand inward onto smaller and smaller scales. And so watching like data become ever more monopolized is I think very unsettling. Not that like third party cookies were great, but it's just like watching tech behemoths colonize, you know, just the very like like microscopic elements of technological society is terrifying. Um, especially given how in entirely uh, what's the word I want here? Um Given how our reliance on the Internet grows every single day, like especially in the middle of a pandemic. But, you know, I I think that that will only continue to to be the case. So I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. I guess like attached to that is also like it's not just like how deep it goes like into your cookie filled self, but also like how it also spreads out. Right. So like uh, uh, about how like. something like readership uh, in local newspapers since the eighties has like been cut in half. Right. And that's all being replaced by these really big companies. Whereas like you'd have like a small newspaper that would be able to run on advertising. Now all that money goes to Facebook uh, and, and Google. Right. I mean, you know, to your point, um, there's something in this field called the ad tech ta- tax, like the advertising technology tax that um, presumably takes up a pretty good chunk of the revenue that publishers make. Because publishers, for example, I write for gizmodo.com, um, in order to make money from ad revenue, we need to work with 
third party partners to a certain degree. That's kind of a deal with the devil that all sites online need to make in order to survive in 2021. If you can't, you know, get funded by some benevolent millionaire, this is what you gotta do. And what happens is that those technology partners each take a, their own kind of microscopic cut. Um, and because companies and because most publishers are reliant on Facebook and especially Google in order to do that surviving, a lot of that money ends up going to those two companies in particular. So what happens is that um, I need to, I, I mean, I mean, don't, don't quote me on the numbers, but I believe that the ad tech tax takes about, I want to say... There was a study that came out of the UK pretty recently, and I think it was like the first attempt to actually quantify it. And what they found was, I believe, about 40% of what the average publisher was making was going to these third parties and and among, and Facebook and Google largely. Wow. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. And, and that means, you know, when you're reading a website like gizmodo.com and you're seeing that it's not to subtweet our readers, but when you see that it's becoming overloaded with ads and it's becoming more and more inconvenient to use, it's because that tax keeps going up and our revenue isn't really increasing to the same degree. So we need, we're basically being pushed into a corner and told to make revenue. We're, we're basically being told to cut even by any means necessary. And, you know, journalists get laid off. Right. Uh, newsrooms get, continue to shrink, if not collapse entirely. And these companies aren't going anywhere because they found that the only way to be profitable is to act as kind of this middleman and take... And basically to, like, take money out from, like, under, under these, uh, these publishers. Yeah, I was listening, I was reading your article this morning um, on gizmodo.com. And <laughs> I gotta say, it's getting to the point, it's getting to the point of being almost unusable. Like, I was uh, yes. <laughs> in the middle of reading a paragraph, and then pop, there was this picture of a woman, like, advertisement just taking up the whole fucking screen on my phone. And I was like the fuck is this going on yeah yeah like, why yeah, I, why am i being like literally kept from doing the thing that this website hypothetically is pro providing value of like allowing me to read an article that they've published like it's a periodical website that is keeping me from being able to access the fundamental value that they are proposedly you know supposedly uh you know offering and like i was like what the fuck is going on and like i don't know what's gonna come to like eventually we're gonna have like vr i'm gonna have to like literally judo chop like advertising uh people like in the throat like at, just to get to the content of like learning that my government was just taken over by like reptilians you know? <laughs> it's, I, I, okay 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 i need i need first of all we already know that's the case and second why do you think why do you think Facebook bought Oculus? You know? Yeah. But okay, okay, okay. But, well, but at okay, least but, when I when I judo chop that advertising like, you know, uh, 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 figurehead, it better have a sweet ass death animation. I'm just saying, you know, they, <laughs> they, they gotta get on it, uh, natural motion as well. It better have some like big titty anime girl telling me <laughs> <laughs> 
no, no, okay, okay, Hell okay, yes. but, okay, okay, but no, 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 but like when I first joined Giz a little bit more than a year ago, my uh, anniversary was actually on the insurrection January sixth. Um, oh, I know it was great. <laughs> Happy anniversary! Uh, <laughs> yay! Um, a a lot of kind of the blowback that I got was like, you know, this site has a notoriously terrible ad experience. Why did you want to join this site to write about why advertising is awful when you clearly depend on it to survive? And it's just like, first of all, you can exist. I love irony. You can exist within <laughs> an exploitative system and say, this isn't great. It's that, interesting like, that yeah, it's interesting that you critique capitalism and, and and yet you continue to buy iPhones and yet you participate. I'm a very interesting. What, what is that freaking like cartoon? You yeah, know, you know the yeah. one with like the guy and like the okay. So like about like a month into my job, before we all had to like exit offices permanently, I printed that shit out. And I kept it, like, I, I had it blown up above my desk because people <laughs> were telling me so often, like, how dare you critique something that you depend on for a living? And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, it's, look at Banner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look at. It's, it's, <laughs> right, right, right. And, it, right. and it's awful because, like, there are some things that I feel very weird writing about because I am kind of biting the hand that feeds me. Like, for example, I can tell yeah. you right now that without Facebook, Google, and Amazon, uh, I wouldn't have a job right now. And the fact that I'm, that I'm writing about these companies gutting uh, the internet systematically, you know, Facebook and Google take, all of the, take more than 60% of the ad spend that goes online. And that number is, like, slowly creeping up. Um, the fact that I can say something like that and also acknowledge that these companies are the reason that digital journalism exists today. You know, it's a kind of irony that these companies take advantage of because then Google mm. will say, you can't exist without us. Like, why are you critiquing what we're doing? We gave you a And job. it's true. I mean, with the entire, the entire economy of the internet is, is based on ads. Like nothing right. exists without data collection and advertising. Um, advertising can't exist without data collection. Like, it's it's an impossible, unless you're willing to pay, like, unless you are willing to, you know, give into the subscription model. But how many people can afford to subscribe to every publication that they read right. regularly? Right, exactly. So now you're or just like siloing people into specific, you know, publication circles, and it's going to just be, it's going to be the new fucking Netflix and Hulu. And then yeah, and they'll slowly creep ads back in anyway, because fuck yeah, you, why not? We yeah. can. And eventually Pay they'll, they'll and have... look at our look at our big yeah. titty anime girl. <laughs> they'll they'll have like a thirty dollar tier subscription to Google where there'll be no ads on the internet at all. But then that that thirty dollar a month will slowly become forty five dollars a month. It's right, called, exactly. it's called YouTube because, TV. Right. Yeah. Oh oh my god. Well yeah, because like yeah. because they, they know that they can do that. Or like you have uh, like kind of poor poor countries where facebook for example is the internet you know facebook has this quote-unquote free basics program where they basically control the internet in these regions or they have like yeah, they, have, they have satellites right yeah like well, for the purpose no, of broadcasting like their version of the internet to like places I'm, that don't have it that that i'm not sure about but i know that they have like a ton of businesses dedicated to undersea cables for like kind of pushing internet through these regions 
And I know Mm. that in places like Brazil, you have cheaper phone plans that come bundled with WhatsApp. So that basically Facebook is them a subsidy and it's just like, hey, you can text on WhatsApp for free or you can pay money in order to use regular texting. And of course, what you end up with is kind of this tiered digital. It's a caste system, basically, where some Mm. people are dependent on certain digital services to survive and some people aren't. And you see that you see this being more pronounced elsewhere, but it does happen in the U.S. to a certain degree. It's just something I think cool. about a lot. You know, I'm really fun at parties. <laughs> well, it, 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 it seems somewhat counterproductive because the people who would have the money to spend on consumer on goods products, I and, know. Yeah, are the people who are going to be able to pay themselves at, into you know the um, the gated garden that doesn't have uh, ads? Uh, the contradiction well, the of the capital. Is, every everybody has to buy shit. So depending cool. on what you're True. advertising, you may be advertising a particular brand of shit that everybody has to buy anyway. Everybody yeah. has to buy clothes. Everybody has to buy food. Everybody has to buy, you know, basics for human survival. Um, so. Right, right, right. Exactly. And there are. Everybody needs big right. titty anime girls. Like, that's just you're not going to get <laughs> rid of that. service. Right. Exactly. And and there are like ad networks dedicated to like luxury goods. And like they're, and like and like people at the people operating these systems know that, for example, you can make a profit off of anybody, no matter how poor that they are. If you you can market shit that somebody oh, yeah. doesn't need to somebody on welfare, for example, and they're going and yeah. they if you advertise it well enough, they're going to spend money on it because the point of advertising is to make people think that they need something, and it's very mm-hmm. effective. If you've seen yeah, Mad it's, Men, it's seductive. Yeah, it's very effective. <laughs> So if you can make somebody think that they need something strongly enough, then it doesn't matter how poor that they are. And I can, I can, I can testify. I used to like live below minimum wage and I would spend money on stuff I didn't need occasionally. It's mm, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I've bought yeah. things that were probably made me not buy other things that I needed more. Um, yeah. Because, you know, advertising is, is, uh, Seductive. I have 30 right, watches right. that I bought on Instagram. I've told you to stop buying those fucking <laughs> I bought watches, five more. David. I, oh, my God. I have 45 wallets. Someone help me. Well, that's all right, because I saw those peach lifter Instagram uh, tights that make your ass look three times as big. So I, I bought those. Oh, the Zuckerberg oh. specials? <laughs> dude, dude, right, 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 dude. I just, like, I just told you guys. I just, let me get this thing. I didn't fucking need a plant. Why the fuck did I buy a plant? It's supposed to like make what? my apartment. <laughs> did you? Did you buy that plant online? It's it's a brand that advertises on Instagram a lot. Hell yeah! <laughs> See, Instagram that- advertises good shit. I gotta say, Twitter total bust. I don't want anything Twitter ever shows yeah. me. But Instagram. I don't know why. And I don't have a Facebook account. So, like, they don't have a huge pool of data well, to actually, draw on for me. Well, actually, fun fact. So, Instagram and Facebook use the same backend ad, ad network. So, whatever data you're giving to Instagram goes to Facebook by default. So Of course, yeah. yeah okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, no, it, no, no. It, yeah. 
Of course, of course it does. No, it's really terrible because then people would be like, oh, I'm just going to delete my Facebook account and everything's fixed. Like, no, no, it fucking isn't. Not even close. It's it's awful because, no, it's awful because this is one of the lies that these companies tell us is that they are kind of these discrete kind of entities that only exist in the sites and apps. Sorry. That only exist in the sites and apps that we visit. When in truth, they actually control the entire internet or more depending on where you live. And it's just like, like I said, I'm very fun at parties. It's just, it's, 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 the awful part about all of this is like, do you remember that scene in, um, what do you call it? In Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where you just have Charlie just like, you know, the big, what is it? The assault, the, the Pepe Silva board? Yeah, yeah, they get jobs. Him and Mac get jobs. Yarn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and then, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, red string. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, a bunch of, like, red string. When you start talking about this stuff, naturally, it kind of floats into Pepe Silva territory because you end up talking about how Facebook isn't just Facebook and WhatsApp isn't just WhatsApp and Google actually controls way more than you think. And then suddenly people are looking at you like you are Pepe Silva when in truth, (laughs) you're actually just kind of countering the lies that these companies are kind of built on so shoshana thank you so much for um giving yourself the brain worms that you needed to to uh delve into this world and shed the light on all this for everyone else um if in an effort toward like wrapping up could you like maybe give us the jewels you were able to harvest from this uh internet mining like what is the best way to engage in an electronic age, using either these platforms or any other, you know, strategy you have for existing, uh, you know, using the internet, uh, f- to have minimal detection by, you know, these people, as well as, like, the the the, the least disrupted and, like, you know, um, targeted uh, experience that you can. Throw your phone out the window. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Never use use a use a dumb phone, or you're kind of screwed. I'm sorry. Uh, Move I to mean, Montana. So there's no way, like, if you're using Signal or you got a VPN oh, or you're, oh, you know, oh, oh. Uh, using a Tor as your browser, or you know, you've you've used really strong passwords or like. Okay, I I mean I mean I mean ultimately it depends like. I, I always tell people, ultimately, if you're asking for a private web browsing experience, uh, ultimately, it depends what you mean by private and what you're actually worried about. But in general, if you use Signal for texting, if you use Tor for browsing, if you limit your screen time to a minimum and use dumb devices as often as you can, that's really all you can do. Besides throwing your phone and laptop out the window. Yeah. Go live in a cabin in Montana. <laughs> Jesus Christ, David. You gotta stop making Unabomber jokes on the podcast. You gotta stop. We're gonna get flagged. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm not gonna say Ted Kaczynski had some good ideas, but he had some points that were uh, kind of applicable to what we're talking about. This is not the first time we've done Ted Kaczynski apologism on the show, look, so you know, we should just give ourselves over. If, to eventually, it, the highway comes for all of us, right? And it goes through your your favorite part <laughs> of the valley, and fucking, it's over. 
in 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 our newsroom, I am known as the Ted Kaczynski apologist. It's kind of a, you know, not 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 yeah. not not for everything he did. Dude, dude was racist as hell. But I'm just saying his opinions super on technology, racist, yeah. Su- yeah, super racist. Apparently, he like smelled terrible. Um, but uh, dude, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> He apparently smelled. I was listening to a podcast series about him. Uh, apparently, he smelled like sour milk. Um, but yeah. dude, dude knew how to uh, build a cabin. <laughs> so, and do a lot of knew, other things too. Yeah, the d- dude knew about industrial technology and its future. Yeah, I will yeah. give him that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this was a delightful conversation. Um, well, d- mm, okay. <laughs> This was a fascinating conversation <laughs> that was very enlightening. Um, Thank you. And we're I, so glad that you came on Iron Weed, Shoshana. Thank you so much for giving us uh, so yeah, much of your time. You. Of course. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you would, would you share with our listeners uh, how they can you know, read more of your articles, where to follow you, either on Twitter or any of the uh, hell sites that you uh, like to frequent or anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely plug something if you got it. Um, I'm on gizmodo.com as Shoshana Wadinsky. It's spelled the same way it sounds. Um, and I'm on Twitter at S Wadinsky, W O D I N S K Y. Uh, you can find me because I don't have my face on any of my uh, social profiles because I'm always terrified about the government tracking me. There we go. You sh- yeah, you would be. I think that's on yeah. brand. I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, as you yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can, you can, you can tell when you found me because I am very kind of secretive. <laughs> <laughs> we will link to Shoshana's Twitter in the show notes, as well as all of the articles that we um, discussed on this fine, fine episode that you should read. I highly recommend. <laughs> Well, that was so nice discussing uh, the 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 horrible uh, dystopia we find ourselves uh, mired in for the foreseeable future. Whenever we engage on the internet, which is what we all like to do, we love to do it. I'm almost I, never on the internet. Actually, I don't really get on it that often. I I like feeling this doesn't important. count as the internet, right? No, no. <laughs> okay, good. Phew. Yeah. Phew. The TikTok doesn't count as the internet. Uh, Twitter's right, not right. the internet. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter is half internet. I think it's half internet, half damn, I don't know where I was gonna television. go with that joke. It's half television. Heaven. Half television, yeah, very good. Yeah. Half, half newspaper actually. It's yeah. Probably more accurate. Um and all shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the internet is a hellscape. It steals from you, it lies from you, it deceives you, it wants your money, it wants your soul. Um but you know what? Sometimes good things do happen on the internet. Oh, yeah? Sometimes. Once in a while. Once in a blue moon. I have the feeling you're going to tell us about a good thing that's been happening through the internet. Well, do you guys remember uh, world-renowned misogynist Bernard Sanders um, attending the inauguration wearing what looks to be a L.L. Bean jacket and some handmade mittens? You guys <sighs> recall that? Ju- he's just sitting there. <laughs> Just sitting there being Ugh. such a sexist. Um, I'll never why won't, why won't he wear some Hugo Boss or, you know, something else that's like really important <laughs> and like has no Why is he wearing a thousand dollar wool coat like everybody else? Yeah. Wearing? Yeah. You know, to show how much he cares about people. <laughs> that's how you show you care. 
<laughs> and do emotional energy is by getting something that was made by like tiny nimble fingers in Vietnam. <laughs> so, so Bernie Sanders decided to take the meme now named Chairman Sanders um, nice. and make some merch because that is what, you know, that's what Bernie's good at. He's good at selling stuff with pictures of him on, <laughs> on them and his name on them. Yeah, always be branding. Always be branding. That is what we say. So he made some uh, shirt, T-shirts, sweaters, and stickers. He put them on his website with a little Chairman Sanders meme. And in less than 30 minutes, the first round was sold out. And then it sold out again um, the over the weekend. And so it's all going to various Vermont agencies. All the proceeds are going are going to be donated to Meals on Wheels, um, a couple of community agencies like Feeding Chittenden. The Vermont Parent Child Network, the Chill Foundation, which I do not know what that is, but I would really like to know. Yeah, I'd like to become and a member. And then various like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then various senior centers and a few like, uh, like dental care for poor people. Um, Fuck uh, yeah, Bernie. Institutes, yeah. And Getty Images, who took the photo, will also donate the proceeds from the photo um, as part of the licensing agreement to Aww. Meals on Wheels as well. Meals wow. on Wheels of America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Bernie. I, I, I think it's, it, I hold on though. It's like, I, I think it's kind of uh, suspicious and like, you know, like, I, I think it's a little bit of nepotism going on here that all the money goes to Vermont charities. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why did he pick I am the, sure the whitest says state that somewhere. In, the, in the United States <laughs> to give that yeah, money the to? Whitest yeah, whitest state. Yeah, I know. it's, it's a little you know? gross, a little, little sus. <laughs> oh, awful. <laughs> Oh, fuck. All right. Um, So Bernie said, uh, quoted to the media, Jane and I were amazed by all the creativity shown by so many people over the last week. And we're glad we can use my Internet fame to help Vermonters in need. But even this amount of money is no substitute for action by Congress. And I will be doing everything I can in Washington to make sure working people in Vermont and across the country get the relief they need in the middle of the worst crisis we face since the Great Depression. Because he's on brand. Because the man is just just relentlessly on message. Born like, on brand. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, Pretty incredible. Uh, he. Uh, he. Uh, I remember when? Like, I'm. I'm still increasingly convinced that, like, when he got that heart attack, it what brought him back to life was the fact that be, having a heart attack is not on message. It's just not mm-hmm. right. You yeah. just ha- and you so you have to survive and get past it. In order to uh, you know uh, stay uh, stay you know, stay alive to be on brand, he lives for the brand. So, yeah. You know, which yeah. which is why millennials love him so much is because we all live for brands. I love brands. We love brands. Famously, millennials are fans of brands. Yeah, fans of brands. So yeah. so he was seeing the light and Moses or Yahweh. And sorry if I'm getting the uh, mythology of my. My, my Jewish uh, friends uh, incorrect here. Uh, basically, uh, said you're like, Catholic. It's yours too, buddy. <laughs> I hate to tell you. We got different names, though. You know, <laughs> also got the whole whole JC, JC, and uh, who's the guy at the gates? Peter. Saint Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Jews don't have that because Saint yeah. Peter was a was a Christian. You know what yeah, I always thought would be canon. fucked up is if uh, Saint Peter was at the gates, like in the way he died like upside down nailed to a upside cross down, crucified. <laughs> he's like all right so uh yeah c- come on in i'm like bro you all right you need some water or something uh but no like <laughs> so you know he's, he's asking he's, you to he's turn pl- the page in the book because <laughs> his hands are on the cross 
<laughs> you have to turn the book upside down for him. But so yeah, you it. know, you got Bernie. He's like seeing the light. He's like going through the tunnel. And then he's like, no, not yet. Not until we get retroactive survival checks of $2,000 paid to every American <laughs> and Medicare for all. <laughs> like, I don't know. So you, so you, you think- and St. Peter just, just sighs and he's like, Bernie, how long do you really think you can hold out? <laughs> Bernie's just like, as long as the American people need me, that is how long I will hang out. People have been saying that we don't deserve Bernie. And I'd say that, in fact, we do. I think he's, I think he's the only one we deserve. <laughs> I think we deserve the world. Yeah. So how's that? And Bernie as well. We are the world. What's the James Connolly quote? For our demands are... For our demands are... Uh, Humble indeed. Humble indeed. Yeah, yeah, for we only 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 want Earth. Yep. Hell yeah. Gonna get Earth. Come get this Earth. Uh, like uh, and and one more like really important thing that uh is like super really really fucking exciting is that our friend Kiani Conley Wilson is running for District Five uh City Council seat. Hell what? yeah! Yeah. Woo! So we're gonna uh you know we're we're gonna we're gonna have one in the White House. No, it's no they don't get a White House. We, <laughs> Finally. We, 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 we Finally, rent, we a rent socialist city hall. in the Headley Building. <laughs> we rent City Hall. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so um, that, that is true for anyone listening. Yeah, it's, it's, what, one of the many great things about Troy is that we rent our City Hall. It's a floor in an office building. We sold. We demolished our old City Hall. Yeah. and then we rented a floor in an office building for. Our oh, city hall. I, I played yeah. a guerrilla punk show at the demolished City Hall this year during the pandemic. Right. During, yeah, during, yeah, during one did. of the periods where the numbers were down, but yeah, the old rubble pile. So Kiani is our co-chair of Troy DSA. Um, they are an incredible activist and organizer. Kiani is running on, you know, police accountability, um, better health care, better public services, like all the things that are good, that we need, that we want. And so I want to say very clearly we we need to raise funds, but we need to raise funds from people in Troy, and we need to raise funds from people in District 5. We might have three listeners who live in Troy, or we might have 100. I have no fucking clue where you people live. But if you live in Troy, and especially if you live in District 5, um, and you can just pitch even a couple of bucks to the campaign, we're going to include all of that information in the show notes to this episode, including her website, all of her socials. Everybody, please, please go follow wherever you live. Please go follow Kiani on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, We need to get as much attention to Kiani's campaign up front as possible. And um, yeah, we can't take in too many donations from outside of Troy because all that is obviously public information. We don't want her to look like a carpetbagger and people, you know, can say all of the Republicans or even the Democrats because she's not. Um, Kiani lives here in Troy, has lived here for seven years. Um, so, you know, we don't want to take maybe later on, once we have built up lots and lots of local donations, we'll be able we'll feel a little more comfortable taking some from other folks that aren't in the Troy region. But um, definitely follow and amplify because uh, they are going to be an awesome fucking representative and we are going to make Kiani win. Yeah. yeah. And Kiani yeah. is brilliant. Honest and dedicated. She's exactly the type of public servant that we deserve. Yep. 
Absolutely. And so if you're if you're not sure if you live in District 5, it's most of Little Italy, Osgoode neighborhood, uh, most of East Side. Um, it, believe it or not, the Wikipedia entry for Troy, New York has our districts in it, a uh, district map in it. So you can go there and, uh, and find out. Yep. And is she going to be running on the Democratic ticket? We're, uh, that's uh, all to be decided. All right. Yeah, we'll find out. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, all right. So, yeah. Yeah. So th- there's two wildflowers right? for you assholes. There's two. <laughs> of them. I know, right? All right. You're not assholes. We love you. <laughs> you guys are assholes. We only love you if you go follow Keani for Troy on Twitter. Um, yeah. it's the, it's, the, the socials for everything is uh, Keani, K-I-A-N-I, four, number four, and then Troy. And that's on Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're going to link to all of it in the show notes, but yeah. yeah. So, and then KeaniForTroy.com as well. Go check out the website. Uh, if you live in Troy, sign up to volunteer. Like, we need people to do shit. Uh, we need tons of people to do shit. And, you know, especially in the age of like coronavirus, it's going to we're going to be very limited in how we can do stuff. And so, yeah, if you can help out with um, volunteering for the campaign, there's a form on the website that you can fill out. Um, yeah, we're really excited and we really need all the help that we can get. So if you're able to spare anything, we'd be mighty, mighty grateful to you. Well, fuck yeah. Anything else? Um, no, this is just the, the, the social meds plugs. All right. Well, they know where they can find Keani on Twitter, but David, where could they find us on Twitter? Ironweeds pod. All right. And while Keani is on Instagram, I believe that we are also on Instagram, aren't we? Ironweeds pod. Uh, my Instagram got hacked by Ray-Ban this week, which was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, they cybered you. They did. They, 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 they hacked me. Um, and, uh, if you want to send us an email, tell us about what you thought about our interview with Shoshana or what you think about literally anything, shoot us an email at ironweedspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.